Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Nose Podcast, a platform for me to nose into other people's business. On this podcast, I strive to share with you stories from a range of different people over various different topics. So, before my nose starts twitching any further, let's get down to business. Today, I am delighted to be to say that I am joined by Darren Kavanagh on the Big Nose Podcast for the first episode in this season two. I came across Darren through my mother, who was a client of his many, many years ago, and did wonderful things for her through the Ardmore Fit Club. Uh, from there, I followed Darren on Instagram, Facebook, and followed his journey. Um, and there's no better person to talk to at the start of the year if you're looking to get a little bit fitter, a little bit better in your headspace. And I suppose that's why I contacted Darren, and Darren's here. I appreciate you coming on, Darren. Thanks very much. That's a nice intro, and your mom is great to work with. And that's something we probably get into later on. It's not all about physical health. Um, a big aspect of I know your mum's is just getting out and exercising and she met some good friends I think she still talks to this day yeah um, it's all about sense of community that's a massive part of what I yeah, do as well sense of community I, su- I suppose going back to where your interest in fitness came from and how did you get into I know you, you're big into sport and you still are very big into sport but in terms of yourself your interest in fitness um, where did it come from? Um, I suppose well, like you said I've played sport since I was four years old played football my whole life I went to St. Fergus and St. Aidan's who were two big massive sports schools like, I was blessed that we had like, I had some great teachers like, I was never the best academically um, but through St. Fergus I had two great teachers Mrs. O'Connor who was passed away and Mr. O'Connor two fantastic teachers who my mum and dad still stay in touch with to this day um, they're both massive into sport and they kind of helped me Get involved in the teams and we had some good teams so we were always involved in that then I moved on to St. Aidan's and St. Aidan's was literally a carbon copy of St. Fergus which was for older um, we had amazing teachers Mr. O'Neill um, Vice Principal Mr. Waters brilliant and we kind of were looked after anyone that was kind of half academically a bit of a messer but decent at sports we kind of looked after and like we were letting half days and oh the half days are the half days are great weren't they you could uh, oh I'm going to play that's play. why I played half the sports <laughs> Yeah, you had to go home for your gear, yeah, so, so that, that was about half an hour to go, get your gear, go home, and then uh, then come back and, and, the rest, and yeah. get yeah get the bus. And okay, you were late home, but there was there was some crack to be had, and like even from a sporting side of things, it was always a uh, it was always good to get out and play and play a match. Like absolutely brings yeah. up the kind of the monogamy of, of school. Where I actually, in fairness, I wasn't the most academic, but I did enjoy Birkas and Athens. I think both schools are schools I'd recommend to anyone, especially a boy especially in the, the sport that kind of wants to be kept because it's easy to get fed up with school and then start falling out with teachers or start falling the wrong people so in the school with teachers that kind of care and that have sports to kind of back it up it was kind of just keep going the straight and narrow and that's pretty much what it done with me anyway I, I left Aidens with lots of fun memories and I'd go back in a heartbeat to talk to many of the teachers no problem whatsoever and that's good that's you know that's what school I think and as we kind of get older ourselves and we look back at skills now, there's a lot more facilities in schools, um, a lot more indoor, a lot more clubs integrating with local clubs, uh, with local schools as well, trying to feed them in in terms yeah. of whether it's soccer, rugby, 
um, GAA, hurling, whatever it is, there's a real connection there between them. And, and I think when we were going to school, there was definitely, it was the, it was the grassroots that was really starting to shine. And, and now you see, especially in the GAA, the link between the schools yes. and the clubs is, is absolutely massive. Um, when you left Aidens, I suppose, was it something that you wanted to pro- progress in terms of a career? Was it something that interested you in or, or how did you go about that? Um, I left school knowing I wanted to do something to do with sports. Um, like I left a dummy leaving cert, which I scraped through, but it's going to be teeth, but got through anyway. And I was halfway through the summer, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I had a massive interest in like kind of coaching, like so kind of I thought I wanted to be like a development officer or like for the GAA or FEI. So I done, I went to do a course sports and leisure management at Nietzsche Four College, and uh, very similar to the one across the Uh Again struggled through it slightly I remember the last 20 days of 21 assignments to do and I'll never yeah. forget the stress but I got them done anyway and passed the course but while I was in the course there's a big emphasis on like the coaching aspect and a big emphasis on the sport on like the gym aspect and I was never interested in the gym I kind of just got through the courses scraped through on merits and stuff um, got through them but I had much more of an interest in the coach I thought that was, that's where the normally um um, my work experience with like, the FEI, I've done a bit with Amos Fennell, done a bit with Dennis Hull in the FEI, so I had my mind set on that. But when I finished that course, I came out and I was like, right, there's not much jobs in Ireland for this. Uh, that's probably one of the bad things about like what they're not teaching. Like Sports, it's great to get into, but it's not a whole lot of work out there unless you're willing to put in the work yourself and maybe create something. Yeah. So I was looking around and I was like, there's no FEI jobs, there's no GA jobs, what am I going to do? So at the time I was working in a sports crash out in Concealy, which I did love at the time. Basically like a, an after school club that ran through sports. Yeah. Um, but I knew I, I liked it, but it wasn't a career for me. So I read the paper one day and I seen Boot Camp Born were looking for people to take on. So I was like, oh, happy days. He said, looking for Arte and Kulak. So I, I picked the phone and rang them. And I was like, hey, I was talking for 5, 10, 15 minutes. And they were like, do you have all your own equipment? And I was like, a few bits. I kind of spoofed it a bit. Yeah, of course. I had a few ladders and a few dumbbells. <laughs> and spoke for 10, 15 minutes I'm like yeah great we'll get you set up and I was like grand grand so I had to do all the advertising all the setup, all the insurance and like yeah and we'll pay a tenner an hour wow. so I was like so you want me to do all of this work and then you just get paid and you just pay me a tenner an hour so all of the phones like do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to do my own and everyone was like nah, really fuck off don't do that like everyone's kind of laughing at me my mates and all so this is going to be before boot camps were big and before they were kind of that popular and I had no premises very little equipment and I set up a Facebook page got all my friends to like and share it and said I was doing a, a session in Ardmore Park at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night and I ne- no sorry it wasn't it was a Monday night it was a bank holiday and I'll never forget how near it was but 11 people showed up on the night 5 ahead so there I was only 19 55 quid for the hour I was absolutely chuffed and it literally snowballed off like it, I was blessed and really took off yeah, and like the rain, we're jumping through ladders. It's it's yeah, it's something like you're kind of basically starting off as your own business person. Okay, this this crowd were coming on board and they were kind of employing you, but at the same time you were grafting, you were putting the work in, you had to get everything together, find a space, insurance, yeah. um, advertise as you said, get the name out there, and I suppose that's not something you learn about in school and that's not something you learn about academically in terms of how to physically get yourself out there, how to acquire insurance, how to go about setting up a business, but you managed to do it yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, true, trial and error, let's say, like, so, 
a lot of stuff where I learned this stuff from now is podcasts like this. Like I listened to Brian Keane, to James Smith. Very good, yeah. And they are people who I've looked to now who have been in my position five, six, seven, eight years ago, kind of making a, a small name and doing okay, but then trying to bring it to the next level. Like you don't get taught about marketing, you don't get taught about like uh, tax, you don't get taught about how to sell, how to set up websites, all this kind of stuff. So most of the people in my position are people who scraped through school because they're going to sports and had a bit of crack with teachers, and then we're expected to go and run our own business. Um, as well as the other stuff, help people learn more about nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So there's two sides to the coin that you have to look at the whole time. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose. You would probably say your coaching was a part of what you were really interested in and, and I suppose maybe that makes you a people person so it was easier maybe to get people on board with you and you said I know starting off anything in a small podcast like this or when you were starting up your boot camps they weren't very popular but it was true friends, family and word of mouth and it, as we'll speak about a little bit later the sense of community and helping it out and how it develops then going forward you know into a, a business or a, a, a place you can f- like get your employment out of and and at the same time do something that you actually really really enjoy um in terms of to 2020 and moving a bit on to now i suppose the biggest thing we take away from 2020 was that exercise became very important for everybody's mental health and um do you think this was something that you've seen through your clients and and, and people who you were chatting to in terms of the stress that we've gone through in the last, say, 10 months, nearly a year at this stage? Uh, look, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's a, a massive part. Um, I don't speak about it a whole lot because, touch wood, I've been blessed that I've never had a mental health issue. I suffered anxiety for a couple of years, which was, was not crippling either, so I don't talk about it all that much. A lot of people throw it around as mental health, that they, and they don't know what to talk about. So for me, I do think it has a massive impact from talking to people from their point of view. People come to send their Zoom classes, even though three times a week, they just kept me saying, or they're just you posting stuff, motivational, kept me saying, or they're just getting out for a walk, 30 minutes, four days a week, has kept me saying. I think it has a massive impact on, like, on everything, basically. So what I'm trying to try, try home to people is forget about your calories and forget about your perfect workout now is a time where you just need to move and look after your body, nourish your body because people are stressed out and people are suffering mental health issues but unless you're giving yourself the best possible chance by exercising, by eating relatively well, by trying to sleep and get outside, you're not giving yourself a chance and I think you have to find that little bit of grit as well to say like today I was on the couch, I was like I didn't want to go and I went for a run and I swear to God since then I felt so much better about five messages on my phone after people are gone there I'm seeing that I'm going to do myself that gives me a buzz that sets me up for the evening with my kids and my wife all that kind of stuff and it's just a knock on effect you'll never regret doing some sort of exercise whether it's walking or golfing or whatever it is just getting out and moving is absolutely key to your health and mental health especially this morning when we all woke up we saw a couple of inches of snow outside and we were like ah oh, here I'll close the curtains oh, get know. back under the duvet and uh, here I just write the day off I looked down and I <laughs> This is this can't be happening. I said twenty twenty one like six days in and snowing over lockdown. I was like, what Abs- is going on? This absolutely the end of the world. <laughs> the, the end of the world at the end of the world. We know uh, like we're six as you said six days in and we'll be giving up our seven day trial of this year. Um, once it's all over. That yeah. Another thing, and I probably this is more down your your field, and I, I know as you said the mental health isn't something that that is banded about the place and 
you're not an expert I'm not an expert I suppose from my point of view it's it's about getting away from the loneliness and maybe getting outside your own head and sometimes getting out and talking and that's maybe why I've started to use this podcast as a platform to have conversations and chats with people but in terms of fitness the important role of nutrition and food within your in your diet that helps your body give you the energy to do what you need to do but also the types of food and then what you're consuming like i know the phrase as i was growing up you are what you eat and i think the more i'm getting older and the less likely i am to be losing weight naturally and having to put in a little bit of work i have to be more conscious of what i'm putting into my body and i know that's something that you're really 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 a big advocate of yeah absolutely like for me food is king like i talk about exercise that whole time i tell my clients anyway that exercising is people are getting caught up that you need to exercise to lose weight exercise is to make yourself a bit stronger a bit fitter a bit healthier and clear the head okay that's all exercise is for yes it does burn calories but not as much as you think okay food is absolutely king when it comes to first of all your weight loss it's absolute king it depends on how much calories you put in your body it's people talk about just calorie deficit it's, it's king it's a law it's a, it's physics it's not like a fad diet it's not a keto it's not a intermittent fasting it's it's a laws of thermodynamics so if you eat less calories in your body it takes in you will lose weight and that's just a fact but that's only one aspect of fitness that's only weight loss that's not nourishing your body that's not becoming healthy that's not putting vitamins and minerals in your body that's not fueling your body for runs or fueling your body for workouts so there's so many different aspects. I always tell people there's two Venn diagrams, two circles. One circle on the left is fat loss. That's literally calories. One circle on the right is your sleep, your stress, your food quality, your food time. I just need to put those two together. And that's the best way to explain it for me, for most gen pop, because a lot of people think you need to eat clean to lose weight. When in fact, eating clean can be counterproductive in ways because a lot of people eat clean Monday to Friday absolutely hate it and then binge Friday, Saturday, Sunday hands up come the next week to hands actually up. go point so we've done it I do, I do it you do it you're laughing there I see it I do it you listen to this podcast it definitely has done it and we've all done it so we need to get away from this whole eating clean because it's not good for your mind either because you're setting yourself up for losses I always tell people 80 to 20 80% of your food can come from decent quality foods, like good quality protein sources, fruits, vegetables, good carb sources. That 20%, have your beer, have your wine, have your crisps, switch off, have your bag of arrows or whatever you're having, whisper bites on a Saturday, chalk it off and move on. Okay? It's not a bad thing to have them now and again, but obviously you're looking for the main chunk of your foods to come from good quality. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest guilty things I'm up to is that when the guilt sets in, sure, I'm halfway yeah. through a packet of biscuits, I might as well finish them, you know, it's a... Uh, and, and then yeah. all of a sudden so, you know it's a weekend later and I'm like why am I not down a few kilos or whatever or a few grams or whatever it is or, or pounds depending on your preference um, so yeah I think we're, we're all guilty of that and I, someone someone explained it to me in terms of calories you know if you want to lose weight sometimes it's a mathematics if you pour more calories in than you burn off you're going to gain weight and if you don't then you'll lose weight or you'll maintain and I suppose as you said it's 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 a sim- if you want to break it down and into its simplicity that's what it is but as you said you know between the balance of depending on your body type and where you are in terms of your own fitness depending on what you eat and had the level of exercise it's a complete marriage between the two that will ultimately get you where you want to be absolutely absolutely Uh, yeah and this is my whole thing my whole thing is with clients is education i don't do meal plans i don't really do that many four six week challenges 
a lot of my clients are with me. Some of them with me since your mom has been training me 10 years ago. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is I teach clients the absolute basics of nutrition so that then they can make up their own mind. So like, no one diets 52 weeks of the year and people that think they can diet 52 weeks of the year are usually not even down your weight. So what I tell people is there's times to diet, times not. Like you could be, you could have a summer holiday coming up, you could have six weeks coming up, you might diet then. Over the summer, you might want to not diet and sit around, have a few beers, have a barbecue, and knock out your calories. January, when there's nothing else happening, is it a good time to diet? Yeah, you've overindulged the last three, four, five weeks at least. It's a chance where pubs are usually quiet, uh, people usually aren't going out, people are broke, so it's a good time to diet. Yeah. But like Christmas is not a good time to diet, or like two week crash diet before holiday is not a good idea. So I like to teach my clients as much as they possibly can that then they can leave it themselves whether they want to track calories or not track calories, whether they want to eat really well or eat clean or 80-20. So then it's up to them and it's not mad pressure on them or it's not like they know themselves if they really want it, they can, and they don't want it. It's not just massive pressure, me nailing them, why aren't you losing weight, why aren't you doing this, why aren't you doing that? Because everyone's on different journeys. Some people are there for lose weight, some people are just there, for, like you said, for the company. Some people are there to get stronger, some people are there for sports specific, and I have all them all in one group. So you're trying to find that balance. Yeah, I suppose in in twenty twenty, as I said earlier, it, it was a challenging year, not just for everybody, but if you look at your industry, gyms, um, workout places, leisure centres, we're all closed. Groups couldn't gather like we are now, and and Zoom workouts became a thing of how people communicate, like we are, um, and every and businesses like yourselves had to adapt. And I know, I know what you did online is very good, but in terms of the feedback you got or how you found it yourself. In terms of adapting, could you ever have saw something like that ever happening in terms of yourself and supplying your your service or or, or to your clients? Uh, absolutely not. Like I never thought. Like even I remember sitting there the day of lockdown, and I I sat there and I was like, "What am I going to do?" Because again, I'm like you. I'm not amazing online. Like I can barely turn a computer. My best qualities are usually within chatting to people, being in the group getting the feel of the room, knowing people are down, knowing people need to kick up the hole. And it's a lot harder to do online. It's a lot harder to kind of gauge people's emotions. You're texting people instead of seeing them face to face. Um, Zoom served such a purpose though. So without Zoom, I would probably be back working in a different job now. So they, it did save my career, my job, I suppose. And we just had to adapt. So I remember sitting there and I was like Googling, right, what am I gonna do? And I came across Zoom and I was like, it took me about to sitting there our next door neighbor's house, like trying to Google, us, trying to get Sinead, send the links in, if this works, that work. And it took me a while to find it, but you just have to find it. What about you think our swim time? And at the end of the day, we have a lot of clients waiting us, not just my own ones. I work really closely with the, the gym owner, Stewie. So I have a big saying what goes on with the class and stuff. So I wasn't just looking after my own clients, I was looking after the, the gym clients as well. So there's a group of 50, 60, 70 clients that were at a loose end and we need to find something to help them. Because at the end of the day, like, personal trainers and not these people that walk around with six packs anymore and slash your calories and kill you and we're a prowler personal trainers are now counsellors personal trainers are now friends personal trainers are agony ants we're not just there to help people lose weight we're here for everything to listen to their worries so they can give out their husband give out their wives give out their kids they can have an hour away from doing housework they can have an hour away from everything and just be normal and chat to people and that's what our job is so we didn't want to just start throwing zoom classes on and leave it at that we done some uh, quizzes, we had uh, counselling doing mental health stuff, uh, we had loads of different stuff going on as well because we knew it's not just the fitness aspect we need to look after, we need to look after our minds, our bodies and the social aspect as well. 
Absolutely. Um, so do you think going forward, like hopefully now we'll, we'll get the vaccine into us, we'll see cases going down and come the summertime, summertime might be, might be too bad, but come next winter, do you think this Zoom online platform is a threat to the gyms and the leisure centres out there, or is it possibly an opportunity to, to reach out to people who might not be comfortable coming into group sessions that might be able to dial in through the Zoom? Yeah, uh, I generally don't think it's a threat. I don't think, I think if anything else, I think people have realised how important the actual gym is itself. Like, I think people have realised that they come to get away from their worries. Like, when you, like if you're doing a Zoom class, just say, for example, your mother, for example, she's still in the house. She's still, as soon as you finish her work, it's going to be still there. Like, at least a lot of people get to get in their car, drive 10 minutes. Then they meet their friends, they do their workout, they 10 minutes after, they might get a coffee on the way home. And it's two hours out of the house, the so two hours are happy, they're lifting bigger weights, they're doing bigger movements. It's an avenue for a small niche of people to train a small niche of people. But for me, I don't think it's an avenue I'll go down again. Um, I openly talk about it online and to my clients that I don't love Zoom, I absolutely don't. But if it keeps them happy, I'm happy to do it. Like already this time around, this is lockdown three. Yeah. I like for lockdown one and two, I kept nearly all my clients for lockdown three I've taken a big hit. People have kind of browned off with Zoom, they're kinda of browned off and listened to WhatsApps and stuff. So for me, like I only contacted someone else yesterday, a coach, an online personal coach to help me move my business online more and have better systems in place because like I spoke to them, I said, I'm great talking to people, getting them in a group, chatting them all that kind of stuff, but getting the same message across to people via WhatsApp or via email, it's not the same story. So again, I think people, when everything opens back up, will go back to gyms 100%. Yeah, the, per- 100%. the personal touch is very important in that sense. Um, now we're in the first week of this year, and I know it feels like it's already been a year with what's going on, but <laughs> it's obviously the phrase is banding about in conversation and, and online about the new year, the new me, and uh, and I'm sure you're getting messages left, right, and center in terms of people, clients looking for you know advice in terms of what the, their major focuses will be, I suppose. And in terms of maybe myself, you know, I'm a little bit overweight hopefully getting married at some stage this year uh what would you say is the biggest focus for me or, thanks very much hopefully get there supposed to be last year but we'll get there eventually um we we what would the focus be on someone coming to you say a client prospective client saying you know it's a new year new me and you know that they're, they're likely to fall off the wagon like most of us in six weeks how do you motivate them how do you go about generating a plan how how, how does this work for you because new me uh, new year new me is something that's banded about and is a bit of a fad but it's something that actually happens and there's an opportunity I suppose for you yeah well first of all I, I see a lot of um, personal trying to slating people new year new me you should be in the gym for two weeks of the year it's not something you pick up for me that's bullshit to be honest I think it's a great chance for to everyone to start fresh like not everyone loves the gym or loves dieting or not everyone's made to diet so it's hard enough as it is so you don't need someone putting pressure on you to be in a gym 50 weeks of the year first of all okay second of all I think every single every single person is completely different so for example what I tell people is find something first of all that you're going to enjoy and stick to okay I, I tell people like I say people are always like you're doing a diet plan you're doing a food plan I'm like no because if you can't you're not going to stick to a field plan for four weeks if you can't stick to it for even four weeks you're not going to stick to it for the next six months okay so and even if you do stick for four weeks you're not going to learn anything 
So first and foremost, as I said, find an exercise you like, okay? So whether it's boot camp or whether it's outdoor classes or whether it's couch to 5K or whether it's cycling or jogging or running or golf, first and foremost, get that, enjoy it and set it in stone. Then you have to look at your nutrition, okay, and say, right, what? How, how much am I willing to put in? How much work, okay? If you're someone that's like, right, I'm really ready to go for it, I'm like, right, teach yourself or I'll teach you. What I do is 10, 10 videos on the client, see, and tells them, talks about adherence, talks about calories, protein, steps, because a lot of people are like, they hear trying to stop with calorie deficit and protein and all this stuff, but it goes over their head. So I send them 10 videos, they're about three to four minutes long, and it explains all this in layman's terms, okay, breaks it down really easy. So then when I talk to them via Zoom or face to face, it's a lot easier. And if you understand nutrition and you understand where your start point is and how to get from A to B, B to C, C to D, then it's a lot easier. If you're just randomly dieting and randomly weighing in and not knowing what's going to happen, you're going to fail. You're going to set yourself up for a loss. So what I do with clients is teach them the basics and then get them to weigh in daily or weekly or whatever our plan is and explain to them what's happening. Sometimes you're going to be up on the scale, sometimes they're going to be down. When you're up, it could be just to do a carbohydrate intake or water intake, or it could be you had alcohol that week. Sometimes you're going to be way down. That could be something to do with your mental cycle, especially women, so that we're harder. There's loads of different avenues that you have to worry about. So everyone is individualized in their approach. Everyone's individualized in how the results are going to go. Like if I gave you and someone else your age and same height, the same food plan or the same program, you still get different results. Really? So right. don't expect just because you've seen someone lose six stone in six days on this skinny diet that you're going to lose the same, okay? So everyone's completely different. So you need to learn, find something you like, learn the basics of nutrition and start putting, putting work in and saying, right, I'm going to lose one pound, okay? And then when I lose one pound, I'm going to say, right, that's one pound down. Whatever I've done to lose that one pound, I'm going to repeat it again. And you're going to do that, and you're going to get two, and the next thing you'll be at five before you know it. You're like, Joe, I'm half a stone in there. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. When I hit a roadblock, then I come back to there and say, right, slow it down. I say, right, maybe you need to be more active now. Maybe you need to add an extra session. Maybe you need to drop calories slightly. Maybe you need to change your protein or whatever else. And that's where you go from. And you go from A to B. Instead of going from A to Z, from one stone to five stone down, you go one pound at a time, two pounds at a time, hit three pounds. And then also other people be like, weight kind of gets them up and down and weighing scales can be an issue so it's make it more performance based so I'd say right eat well I'll keep on your foods for you but let's see if you can get your couch to 5k done in 35 minutes this week or let's see if you can get four workouts instead of two in this week or can we try a new workout plan or do a home workout and make it more performance based as opposed to always on the scales because that could be an issue especially for women who go with diet for 10, 20, 30 years they kind of and men, and men, that's probably sex to me to say, men are the same, they, they have the same issues. Or you need to find everyone's kind of individualised in that respect. I'd say that must be quite difficult in terms of yourself um, trying to identify maybe what, first of all, the person wants to achieve when they come to you. Um, then I understand what their ex- expectations are in terms of they're expecting, yeah. maybe they're coming to you and they're expecting to lose five kilos, you know, in a week or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and then they come back to you in a week time and two weeks time and they're not getting to where they want to be and they're demotivated and you're looking at them and say this person's not going to come to me in the third or fourth week how do you stay motivated in terms of yourself because you're invested in these people because as i says you're about community you get to know the people that are coming in through your doors or coming to your camps 
Um, but how do you motivate yourself, first of all? And then, I suppose, how do you adapt your motivation levels? Because some people need, you know, a hand around the shoulder and saying, you'll get there, you're doing great. And other people I know, like myself, need to kick up the hole to keep moving, you know? So how do you yeah. adapt and, and, and motivate yourself as opposed to get them people motivated as well? Well, this actually comes from experience, actually. Because I remember, especially when I first became qualified, when you're at Philippe College, you're not qualified to coach people. So the people I coached for those years, I probably gave them shocking service, thinking back on what some advice I've given. But from time and from experience and from learning and doing extra course and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, I now realise like a lot more than I did. Still no expert by any means, but I am I know by like what I get people to do, especially people who really want to lose weight or work with on a one to one basis, they will send over to me their calories or the food they're eating daily. So before they weigh in, I'll know what they're on or what they're not on. Or if they're sending me over the calories and they're up three and a half pounds, <laughs> I know the line. Okay? So where before I used to get caught up and like, oh maybe this, maybe that. It comes with the experience of the job, like I'll know straight off the bat if someone is lying to me or if someone is saying they're eating this and not eating that, or saying their metabolism is broken or they've got a tired issue. You don't. Ninety nine percent of people don't have these issues. Some people do, absolutely, and the doctor looks after that, okay? We don't look after that. There goes and my any excuse. Train that says they do, they shouldn't be training people okay so you get medicated for your thyroid and then everything else looks after itself same if you have issues with like b12 issues or whatever else these are all issues that you go to your doctor about not a personal trainer but go help we don't look after we can help we can give some advice but we're not doctors and any trainer that says they know how go help works or they know how to fix your thyroid your metabolism they're talking absolutely out of their ass and we need to forget about that kind of stuff and yeah. bring them back to basics bring them back to basics every time yeah so it's it's like one of the great things I find about following you and, and knowing how you work is you really do break it break it down into like bite-sized pieces and, and make it as simple as it understand because you know yourself you're on Instagram you're scrolling through or you're on you're reading a newspaper or magazine and you're looking at all the diets and all the training programs that are there it, it can be overwhelming at times Um, moving on I I'm looking at the last year again and I know you you guys put a lot of effort in up in the Oscar trainer put an outdoor marquees in place you went online as well in terms of uh, trying to reach out to your boot camp training you invested money in hand sanitizers you invested you know a lot of time a lot of money in making sure that the service that you provided was there for the community and a community has been something that I think out of everything you've done is something that's really stands out in terms of a key selling point for what you do and what you bring and I think it goes back to you know starting off within your friends and family from where, where, where it was and it seems to be something that's really important to you and I suppose what makes that so important to you and what you, you do? To be honest it's just something that has instilled me since I was young like I always played in teams um, our family has always been close um, I've always had really good friends I've always had like close to me cousins and I, to be honest, I just enjoy that part of it. I don't like, I don't love the part where people get ready for a six-week trip for a beta, or they lose a stone for Christmas. That's not the part I love. I love the part of going in every day and asking Natasha, "How's your kids? Like, did they get over that testimony?" Or they were like, "I seen that picture of Gracie. She's so cute." Or like the amount of presents I got for Gracie and for Ollie and stuff. It's madness. Like, yeah. and that stuff hits home for me a whole lot more because at the end of the day. 99% of personal trainers can get anyone to lose weight okay? it's a job it's like someone that works in an office or it's like a doctor doing a blood test it's their job it's not hard it's not difficult 
But what is hard is to build relationships, build trust, build a community, build a team. And that's something that takes like three, four, five, ten years. And like you always hear trainers, oh, be patient. Or And I'm always talking to my clients saying, be patient with your weight loss. And then I'm looking at trainers who are ahead of me and they're like, be patient, keep doing it day in, day out, day in, day out. And if you do that for two, three, four, five years and be there for clients more than they need, over provide, give them extra sessions, be on the end of the phone, let them jump in with other people, look after their family, give them your present here and there. It builds that community, it builds that trust. And when the chips are down, then they'll be there for you. Which last year, like when the lockdown came, I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. But I had my busiest year I've ever had as a personal trainer last year, and we're locked down six, six months at 12. And that came from my clients being more than generous by sticking by me, even though my price, they're not huge, they're high enough, and they're still paying the same prices, even though they're in the Zoom class. And that meant a lot to me, and I never took that for granted. So when gyms opened, I made sure the next sessions, I made sure it's there for them, and made sure they could mix and match or be in with their group, with their friends, and always kind of look after them. Because at the end of the day, they're paying for crazy nappies, and they're paying for the roof over their head, and that's just the way it is like with this job it's pros and cons like some people like a 9 to 5 with their hand at the end of the week if I don't work hard I don't have a relationship with family or with the clients I don't get paid at the end of the week so it's a bit of necessity but it's a massive part of what I love and I think I think a lot of larger established gyms if you know what I mean and I don't want to name any names could take a lot from what you've said there in terms of you know, you invest in what you do and you know what you're doing, but you also give your time over to people outside of what you're doing in terms of you get to know their daughter's name or, or their, their son's name or, you know, you know what's going on in their family and you know when they walk in your door whether or not they're going to have a good session or a bad session by just chatting to them in the first few minutes. And I think that's really what makes a big difference to what, you, what you're doing, how you've gone about uh, establishing yourself in terms of coaching, fitness and all that. And, you know, it's. I think what we've spoken over the last half an hour has been a real insight into where you come from, and you never really forget that you're you're all about community. You're all about breaking it down, and for people who really, you know, are coming to you for advice, but they don't want all the science behind it, but they might want necessarily they they trust in you that you know what you're doing, but you break it down, and it, you know, that's what makes it so easy for the likes of me coming to you or anybody coming to you, and and that's what I would say if people are out there thinking New Year, New Me. Darren's the guy to go for because he will break it down he will take you under his wing and he will be there for you just just as as much as he was there for me and anybody else I know is there anything else Darren you'd, you'd like to, to say I suppose going into the new year people to focus on you know obviously we're in a tough time at the minute but um, is there anything else you want to add yeah well like I, what, I, what I tell people is maybe to look at fitness in a different way this year Okay, we always look at fitness in January as that losing the weight or that six-week shred. And I've done it. This is the first year I haven't done a six-week shred in January because it's the big year. It's the big month. It's where you make all your money. It's where you get new clients in. And I just said this year, which cut in the back bar, I said, people have been through too much this year to go in January and start this six-week shred, okay? I think fitness is moving away from that, only losing weight to becoming a way of life. So I'm saying instead of taking away, I done a post with this the day, instead of your New Year's resolution, taking chocolate away or taking beer away, when I add stuff in, like like I'm doing running at the moment, I'm not great at running, even though I've played sports my whole life, I'm not great at it, but I'm loving the challenge of it, and I'm loving that it's free. Like I went today at like quarter past three, till quarter to four, and I was back in half an hour. Like there was no messing around, Gracie and Sinead and the baby on the couch, 
didn't miss that and I wasn't gone for two hours. Um, then like your food, like, stop thinking about restricting the whole time. Maybe before you start a diet, why not give yourself two, three, four weeks of eating really well and being as healthy as you possibly can, like building foundations of having good breakfast, good lunch, good dinners, trying to get two pieces of fruit in a day and three to five pieces of veg every day. So you can do that every day for two, three, four weeks and then add in maybe a protein source each meal. And then every week add in two to three liters of water every day. If you can do that and then start to focus on getting your steps up slightly and then after that start improving your sleep, then when it comes to the time you're kind of diet, you're healthy, you're fit, you've loads of energy, you've good habits in place, then you're just manipulating numbers and then it becomes easier. Because when you start this six week challenge as diet, you're trying to be healthier and lose weight. You're trying to do it all at once. You're trying to up your training, lower your calories, focus on your foods. But if you can get a good knowledge and good habit stacked before you start a diet, you're much more likely to stick to it. And then you might not have to do it for as long. You might, after a few weeks, without counting the calorie, you could probably more likely be down. Because you, when you start feeling good, like, oh, I'm not going to open those few beers tonight, or I'm not going to get a Chinese. So I tell people, like, instead of getting that takeaway, why not have like a steak and have like some pepper sauce and have a glass of wine with it instead of getting this big Chinese and you feel shit for two days after and then you're having Dorito heat whereas whispers not like on the sauce. So why not have what I like to do on a Saturday night is have a big steak, maybe put on some oven fries with it, some pepper sauce and have a glass of wine with it. And that's a treat. So I'm not sitting there eating chicken, broccoli and rice in a horse. I'm not eating a big McDonald's or a big Chinese that I'm stuffed for two days and feeling crap. But I'm still eating well, relaxing myself a little bit. And reward myself a little bit so maybe looking at it that way instead of always looking at fitness to restrict and to make it tired and lethargic and stuff that's, i think that's sound advice and i think i think we'll all be hungry thinking of steaks now yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely uh, steaks and I'm feeling healthier already so I suppose listeners out there won't have any excuse if they listen to this they have no excuse they know what they have to do and they can find you on Instagram and they can find you on Facebook as well I believe Darren and there's loads of advice there go check Darren out and uh, you won't be disappointed